Hello, my name is Zach Robichaud. And I'm Jackie Mignot. You're listening to the podcast Made Flesh. Conversations about an embodied faith. We are at the spectacular Calgary Central Library, sipping our Luke's coffee, sitting down with people to talk about the incarnation. We aren't reporters or experts, but we are questioners, and we are on a quest to have a conversation around the central Christian belief that God became flesh. Well, welcome to this episode of the Podcast Made Flesh. In this episode, we are talking to Rod Olson, who in Calgary is a urban farmer. We have this um, incredible conversation with Rod about uh, what it means to live on this earth and get your hands in the soil. What does that mean theologically? What does that mean for our humanness? And it's, it's just this wonderful, wide, uh, wide-ranging conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, considering Jesus uses the earth in a lot of his parables mm. um, and just the closeness that um, generations have had with the earth and now our distance from that as we become more urban, as we become more uh, technological in the age of information, I think we've lost a connection to the earth. And so right. what does restoring our relationship with the earth, what, what does that mean for our humanity? Uh, what does it mean about God um, with us? So yeah, I, it's, a, it's an intriguing conversation. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. And we hope you do too. history uh, but right now I'm I'm an call myself an urban farmer and so I uh, have a, a small company called Leaf and Liar Urban Farms we take people's backyards turn them into vegetables and sell them to Calgarians and to restaurants uh, we also created a, a cooperative uh, called YYC Growers and so I'm currently half-time you know working with that and then the other project that I'm working on is a 30 acre piece of land that's designed to bring together indigenous folk, uh, newcomers, and hopefully heal the soil at the same time. So that's where I'm at. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I've been thinking about, I did not know you were doing that. Oh, I want to ask more questions about that. Ask now. Well, what does does that look like um, in practice to bring together Mm. indigenous people connected to land and we were just talking on the way over here about um how you cannot talk about healing without talking about land um and then newcomers to canada what canadian land has okay can you talk more about that and what that's like we'll start there that's super deep to go okay. first thing but man that gets me excited yeah um and maybe it, it uh, deserves a bit of a kind of a just a backup mm-hmm. um so i would in my role with uh, Canadian Baptists. I was in charge of the refugee portfolio. Oh, okay. And uh, <clears throat> so was and was doing that right during 2015 when uh, the big Syrian crisis right. hit, and Justin Trudeau was like, "We're gonna we're gonna do this." Uh, so the whole system, the refugee settlement system, was just kind of hit hard, mm-hmm. um, and we knew we had a short window to to kind of do that. And so I kind of put my whole self into that into that project. Um, to the point where um, I think there was, well, I know there was some significant burnout mm. um, in in the midst of it. Um, Your burnout for you? Burnout for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, it was all this 14-year-old boy that uh, we kind of got him in, in the house. He knocks on the drywall and he says, that's not going to withstand a bomb. Something oh shifted in, inside me at that, yeah. at that point, and, and I knew that as a kind of privileged white guy, um, it was not going to be about me anymore, and I, I really kind of poured everything into trying to help these people, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, and they were they 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 were displaced. They needed friendship, mm-hmm. um, and so I was kind of there in. Uh, I was really there, and mm-hmm. to the point where it kind of drained some of the life. So I kind of had a bit of a, a meltdown, mm-hmm. um, October, two thousand sixteen, and. Uh, sought some some therapy um and and then kind of in in the course of that um because i with the leaf and liar 
I really kind of couch that in in the midst of kind of earth care um, mm-hmm. and trying to save the planet. Right. Air quotes. You didn't see those air quotes. <laughs> um, we felt them. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but save the planet. Uh, and then because of my hands in the soil, I've really kind of be- been growing this this uh, connection to our indigenous community. Um, it just felt mm-hmm. like that's what was happening as I had my hands in the soil. I was mm. without sounding too crazy but i uh, was hearing the land um, mm. um i think there's a lot of incidences where the the land is a character in the old testament and i think mm. i think mm. it still can be um right now and uh mm. but yeah so so healing the planet you know global migration um and the trauma of displaced peoples and then this reconciliation piece mm. and i think i was postured to them in such a way that i was trying to save the world a little bit of a messiah complex right. um, and so i think that's what led to this massive burnout um, and so that was a, a bit of a reset and i think if i was to look at it um, i'd say it was almost like rod the seed was getting pushed put into the ground uh, and that seed had to crack um, mm-hmm. in order for kind of life to kind of emerge and uh and so and that whole time we'd been working on this project with the 30 acres um and so i'm I'm like i'm engaged in it with fear and trepidation because i'm like this these things crushed me like Mm -hmm. i was i was crushed um and so yeah this story i'm telling myself now is that it was it was maybe a seed and Mm -hmm. then that seed cracked open and so yeah this this summer we we were able to get some newcomers onto the land they were able to grow some food um we've been kind of into interacting with the indigenous community as much as we can uh, we've basically given them some land on on the on the site as well um, they haven't been able to kind of get out there yet um, the family's a busy mm-hmm. you know engaged local indigenous family and um, yeah so it's it's super complex um, yeah. but I feel like it's it's a little oasis that uh, we yeah. want to create yeah. um, not from Rod's skills, but from whatever emerges from this Great. seed cracking open. Whew, all right. <laughs> There's a lot there, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, I'll let Jackie out. I, I've got tons of questions. Yeah, Jackie well, so also. we're here to talk, we're talking about um, incarnation and what this looks like. What, how do we understand this um, big doctrine that we say we believe in? Um, and I want to get to why soil is important to you. Mm. We were talking about soil. Um, we've had conversations before about soil and how that, what God does in soil. Um, and yeah, just kind of develop this idea of God becoming flesh and God becoming present among us and what that looks like. Why is it so important to land and soil? Is that a good question? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think we can we can jump there. And I think. Um, I mean, part of part of my background is is a master's degree from Regent, um, right. and I think there there really for me was a was a tipping point um, where you you engage in all of these conversations, mm-hmm. conversation, 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 and uh, at one point I'm like I have to do something, um, right. and so that was I think that's kind of where Leaf and Lyra was born, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it it yeah let's. let's Let's actually engage, um, right. and so I think when you talk incarnation at that level, yeah. um, kind of really started to to see the the kind of the wow of the incarnation, but uh, like intellectually, uh, but right. then yeah, then it's a whole different thing to uh, to kind of figure out how to put that into your body, um, Ooh, and so yeah. to actually incarnate it to, to incarnate, incarnate yeah. the incarnation, yeah. And, and so, and I think, so mm-hmm. for me, like if I was to, to, you know, think about the incarnation, I, I know you asked about the soil. I think I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I trust we'll get somewhere. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, but I think when I was, I think one of the, the most striking things um, that, that hit me about the incarnation is that it was, it's a baby. Hmm. The incarnation is a baby. Right. And so when, when we, t- when we think about God and God's power and God's, you know, strength and omnipotence, though I have issues with that t- type of language, um, mostly because Jesus is a baby. Um, mm. And and so whenever you like, when you're whenever you're praying, sometimes I think, well, well, okay, like just for an an an, uh, an uh, a something to try, 
pray holding that baby Jesus. Hmm. And then how does that shift the posture of your prayer? Um, because that was, that was, so that's the move of God to yeah. give up this power to be this baby. And so why is it when we pray, we want the, the winner God and not the baby helpless God. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, so for me, once I started kind of understanding uh, the soil, what I saw mm-hmm. was that there's, it's all built on this microbial community this mi- microbes and fungus and they're microscopic you can't even see them right and so it's a little bit like this deity becoming a baby mm. and so um yeah so and then behind justice work and you know we always want to focus on the 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 oppressed uh, the the mm-hmm. kind of downtrodden and all that kind of stuff and it, and it kind of hit me uh like a ton of bricks that i mean the most downtrodden is this microbial life that we can't even see and we're stomping over it and every culture and through history has fallen because their soil has been degraded so if you have Mm -hmm. no soil you have no kind of future um and so started kind of seeing um my role uh i guess in a a sense kind of uh respecting that trying to protect that um ecosystem yeah Hmm. zach had a question that he wanted to ask (laughs) um yeah just God, um, so you talked, you mentioned the baby, um, but then Christ, even um, with his hands in the soil, and your experience with having your hands in the soil, and you mentioned earlier just about having the earth speak to you. Mm. Um, what, what is that interaction like for you to experience God or um, to know God more just with your hands in the soil? Mm. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty big. I mean, so, I mean, when I think about uh, incarnation too, like it, it it gets paired with creation mm-hmm. and Pentecost, and these are all kind of movements, generous mm-hmm. movements on the divine to coming towards us. And of course, creation is God, you know, hanging out in the soil, mm-hmm. pulling that together, and then blowing on us. And so we mm-hmm. have, you know, we've been given this this living flesh, this nefesh. Mm. Um, mm. that uh, means that we are alive um, and so that um, that image is, is super powerful when I'm then kind of working through the soil and, it, and so a real embodied um, aspect of that as a farmer um, what's well, about it's been probably about 10 years since I've had some digestion issues mm-hmm. and as I've dug into dug into <laughs> into <laughs> soil um, if realizing like the, the microbial life, you know, you've got good bugs and bad bugs and, mm-hmm. and your, your soil is unhealthy if there's just more bad bugs mm-hmm. and realizing that my gut microbiome is the mm-hmm. exact same. Mm-hmm. Like I've always got bad bugs in my gut. I've always got good bugs in my, in my gut. And if I've got more good, gu- good bugs, then I'm healthy. Right. Uh, and so there, there's this balance between those things. Um, and, and so that's, that's been this huge kind of, I am drawn, I'm very much drawn into mm-hmm. kind of this, this soil story because I think you know I I you know whether or not you look at the creation narrative mm-hmm. as myth or history or whatever mm-hmm. there is there's this actual yeah. connection between who we are as human people and with that and so that that deep connection that we have with the the ecology mm-hmm. that we are part of um, uh, is is quite profound so so that that's one of them and then I think the other the, the other part um, is that as you understand soil they they kind of the microbes do their job. The fungus, once you're not chopping them up constantly, uh, develops into this thing that ju- does its job. Um, so like even micronutrients, boron or molybdenum, um, have a specific microbe that's connected to them. So if that microbe is not there, then the plants don't have it. And so I don't know if you, I mean, you, you hear like the nutrient density of our food is a shadow of what it once was. And that's because we're not treating the soil well. We're not allowing the, the natural yeah. way uh, the natural law, even um, to have its have its way, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, so I think the the soul really speaks mostly as a as another metaphor. So, I mean, Paul uses the body as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. How everything's interconnected. Um, and so, when I when I the more that I understand about soil, it just it blows my mind. Um, and it, it mm-hmm. is this functioning ecosystem. Everybody is contributing their fullest. Um, and it somehow is all working together. Whereas, you know, so I feel like as humans, we could learn so much if we just studied the soil, 
figured out how that's operating right. and then and then went and did likewise um, and so that's that's a big and, and I guess what I what I hear behind that is is the is the the fabric of the design of the world that we live in right. uh, and so I I want to say yeah there, there was love behind that design and mm. uh, and through the soil and I think you can find this in any good science um, you're gonna find this incredible mystery wonder no matter what creature you're you're studying mm -hmm. and so some of us study humans and that kind of stuff right. but yeah so it all kind of comes alive yeah. in that way as a as a corrective to what we've created in our kind of uh, uh, what's what am i trying to say we overpower kind mm -hmm. of the ecosystem you know and we've got a history you know dominion what does that mean mm -hmm. right I have a follow-up question. It, just in the last bit you were talking there, um, I'm hearing, I mean, and especially in the, in the ecosystem of the soil or the community within the soil, um, death is very present there mm. and, you know, the, the fungus mm. growing and all of this. Um, do we try to avoid death Oof. in our dominion <laughs> over the soil? Are we trying to avert that and circumvent that whole system? The same in, in a similar way as how we try to avert death or really uncomfortable with dealing with yeah. death and kind of, you know, how, how much is death a part of the incarnation or our understanding of the soil? <laughs> like that, that to me, like we aren't comfortable with the soil and that mm. slow, painful process mm -hmm. um, because it just doesn't suit our our needs or yeah. at least we don't think so yeah that's that's big <laughs> i because <laughs> i yeah and this i don't know this is a place for good heresy right yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely so my understanding of creation because a lot of theologians will say there was no death in creation right. and uh right. and that that's a consequence of the fall it's a consequence of the fall and i'm like there's it, it cannot be with right. my hands in the soil, it has death has to be part of the, the created system. Right. There is no way it, it kind of emerges yeah. otherwise. Well, and so everything that was once alive dies. I mean, this is you, you yeah. spoke this very clearly in yeah. your sermon. Um, once it, you know, it then creates the the nutritive elements for new life to emerge. And then if we talk about incarnation, we've got a Jesus that mm -hmm. comes and hangs out with us but to what end his whole purpose was to die mm. and that's smack dab in the middle of our narrative that is the right. the climax the crux yeah. of of the story that we're part of yeah. and it is this death resurrection and so yeah we are terrified though i agree with you um we, we can't really i think i mean like i think this makes total sense and i think is actually really orthodox to say yeah Christ, like the death and resurrection, like if Christ is the word from the beginning, then that's part of the beginning. Right. It goes right back to cre mm. creation. And it's a, I don't know, however the word you want to say, like a redeemed creation or a reconciled or recapitulated creation, all those words, right? Yeah. Like goes back and, and says, yeah, death is part of it, but something always comes out of that and life comes out of that. Anyways, uh, mm. I'm, I'm going to go down on record and say that I that's feel orthodox. like that's actually quite orthodox. Yeah. I, I do too. And, yeah. and I think more and more, yeah. you know, as you kind of observe what's, you know, the heavens are declaring. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There's a lot of orthodoxy. All the there. dying stars. And yeah. All too. Yeah. 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 All matter. And the fact that we are. From, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, well, we have this figured out. Yeah. From. <laughs> so. If I can just jump in, yes. so mm -hmm. when I was teaching, so one of the thing, one of the ways that this really kind of jumped out at me was I was teaching Introduction to the Bible at Rocky back in the day, right? Um, and uh, the the the, uh, the class, the kind of the intro class or the mm -hmm. first class, I just had them kind of, we just kind of went around and you're like, tell me the story, you know, how did how did th how did the whole Bible kind of go? And so we just from their memory had them kind right. of talk about things. So we had a lot of different events and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I took all that information home and I thought, I wonder if I can bring in a sense of organization to this. And, uh, and I know like um, we've got the creation, fall, redemption, restoration mm -hmm. kind of idea. Right. Uh, and so in and, and the five act play and mm -hmm. different things like that. Yeah. Um, 
And when I, when I took it home, it actually kind of laid out in seven different movements is what I discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being creation mm-hmm. and then the fall. Um, and then we looked at kind of the Old Testament in, ter- in terms of covenant, um, right. covenant with Abraham, Isaac, mm-hmm. leading up to David. Um, and then Christ, uh, the Christ event, incarnation. And then it was, we looked at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And then, then kind of this vacant, this it's being written moment. I called it us. Hmm. And then, right. and then mm. renewed creation is, the, is right. the word that I used. And so it was like seven things. And then because I'm a bit of an Old Testament geek, chiasm, chi- chiasms are super exciting. Oh. <laughs> and so I don't know that word. <laughs> oh, chiasm. Yeah. In, in, uh, in Hebrew literature, a chiasm is, uh, is a way that they organize their writing. So we, okay. we, in our write, paper writing, we'll go point number one is, you know, we'll, we'll, the strongest one is the third point, and then we kind of mm-hmm. do our conclusion. Right. Whereas in an oral culture, they, they organized it in, so they would repeat. And so the very first right. thing re- is repeated with the last thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing with the second last okay. thing. Yeah. And then, and then you kind of like get this. A, B, C, C, B, A. Exactly. Oh, That's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so then, <laughs> and then the point of any story is that central kind of okay. piece and so that's what the that's what the authors really want you to think about so there's a lot of mm. a lot of the old testament books are, are arranged in a chiasm and so it's mm. like when you read you really want to find the chiasm because then you understand what the author was trying to get at mm. um, and so when i laid out this seven movement thing we have creation at the beginning renewed creation at the end fall as the second one yeah. and then i put the us and so it's this we have this choice like we're constantly writing our story based on mm. this this uh, narrative then the second one was Covenant, which was the Old Testament kind of view, and then Pentecost, the New Testament view of mm. community, and then Christ sits right in the middle. Right in the center. Um, and so if you looked at all of those movements as well, um, every single movement was a movement from the divine to us as people. But I feel like my, the way I was raised, um, mm. what we focused on in theology was the fall, our right. movement back to God, right. as if we right. had this great destructive effort in in the thing so yeah. when when i so when i think incarnation mm-hmm. it's all it always comes from this place of god's movement god's right. action um and i and i feel like we spend so much time obsessing about how we have wrecked the system um when i don't think that that's that's not the main event of the story and yet that's mm. that's where yeah. i mean i that's where i grew up that was yeah. the main event yeah, yeah you yeah. are you're fallen there's nothing good nothing good can come from you right and so you get this real kind of separating you from your body and you you hope right. you cross your fingers hoping that god's going to still look on you with with pleasure and yet if when i read the say enough say right enough, words yeah, or do all yes, the things do yeah something. confess enough even though we say it's not about that it's about grace, but no, but you got to do something yeah. and say the right thing and feel the right way. Yeah. 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 And then I guess the, the just to kind of, so that, that was super impacting for me. It's just to mm-hmm. kind of, because it took it really, I think it kind of cured me of a lot of my childhood gunk about am I worthy? Right. Um, because, you know, you and then you look at the creation narrative and matter matters. Like God says, yeah. this is good. This is good. These yeah. bodies, these beings, this, these trees, these yeah. plants, these stars, this, it's good. Right. No, 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 it's very good. Yeah. Well, when it gets to us, very good. That's good. You kind of just alluded to it. What kind of a shift in your own um, mm-hmm. understanding and holding of your own faith even? Like, what does this look like? Because of holding the incarnation in that way... Um, maybe centering there and not on the fall so it shifted things in your own life and yeah. I would venture to say that's the same thing for me maybe for you mm-hmm. as well Zach what how has that changed what you do in your life like how has it changed actions and behaviors like or has it or kind of what's the shift into like real world pre- like the way you live your life every day is there a is there a correlation yeah the practical outworking. Yeah, like what does that look like in your life in Calgary? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a it's a great question, mm-hmm. and I think I think for sure the uh, I, I've seen a real focus on wanting to be about these kind of bigger issues, right. um, 
And so even though it's hard and it's complex and uh, doesn't really make sense, I think I'm, I'm trusting that there's a goodness that is intended mm-hmm. to emerge there. Um, I think I'm a little, I'm still a bit scattered around that because it's, it, there are so many elements. Um, mm-hmm. So still trying to learn to trust that there is a, a divinely inspired instinct that's part of my body um, mm. that I can just trust. Because I think we're so prone to ask for help. Um, you know, Jesus help me. Mm. And, and maybe sometimes our action is that help that that Jesus is trying. I mean, yeah, as a oh, kid, you're, yeah. you're like, yeah. God can steer a ship that's moving or, or whatever. Like, you know, just go do something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, yeah. then you can kind of steer that yeah. in, a, in a good way. But so I, I do feel like it, it keeps my hand to the plow, hmm. you know. Yeah. Again, Literal we got all of yeah. these, these agriculture yes. <laughs> metaf- metaphors. Yes. <laughs> a lot of here. metaphors. Uh, I'm, well, I'm convinced that God did all his, all metaphors mm-hmm. of God's are actually really good yeah. <laughs> like really you can plumb them for a long time anyways mm. that's my aside i would hope that that too yeah and i think maybe the other piece is that they're and and, and they're, I've, I've really wrestled about, about this because i'm like am i just a i mean I've, I've got some nasty bits still and i'm a bit of a jerk sometimes but for the most <laughs> part i'm i'm pretty kind and and i want to see mm-hmm. a kind kinder world mm-hmm. um and so i don't I think because of my understanding of the incarnation that that God's like whoa wow very good these yeah. humans are very good yeah. and so to bring that even yeah. in you know so I've always got this check so if I get frustrated um, I'm like well what's the what's the very good the mystery in this in this person mm, yeah do you yeah. Um, is there something you do like daily that kind of gets you in your body do you have a, any practices like that? I do um, meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, talk about that because in some ways you could someone could think about meditation as being kind of an excarnated thing, like you're you're somewhere else. <laughs> right. But because de- I suspect it actually kind of leads us more into our bodies. Could you? Talk yeah. About that a bit yeah. More? Well, so I think for me, most of my practice around meditation, you know starts around my breath Mm. um yeah and that again Mm. i mean because i'm i don't know i want to be artist or something so then i think (laughs) ruach and and the ruach is the the creative energy of god at the creation the wind uh spirit all Mm. that kind of stuff so i just feel like it's this reconnecting with kind of the the central Mm -hmm. and and then i mean yeah you look at other faith traditions i mean they're always getting you to to kind of focus on your breath as well um and I, and I and I think it's it, it's actually I mean it fits really well into who we are as human and, right. and into the the Christian God story um, yeah. so I think that's that's one of them um, yeah and then and, and then I think the rest of it becomes uh, it's not about kind of the chatterbox which I feel like my chatterbox right. monkey mind or whatever you want to call it is connected to kind of maybe my um, theologizing or my intellect and so so i'm actually trying to turn turn that dial way down yeah and so then i am just kind of in this non-judgmental space of Mm -hmm. being in my body um yeah Mm -hmm. and then i mean recently i've actually been kind of playing around with yeah just where where is the energy in my body when i'm when I'm doing meditation and so when I close my eyes like putting it right behind my eyes or kind of moving it into the middle of my head mm. or lifting it up into into kind of this um, the top part of your brain which I find kind of opens it up mm. I also kind of heard a, a hack I was at an, an acting thing mm. um, and he, <laughs> I know I love it I, of course you were yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it was you know it was a bomb in terms of the acting but it was great life lessons <laughs> And he taught taught us this this thing where you um, you drop the the tongue off the roof of your mouth, um, mm-hmm. and so when you're when I so when I meditate, I'll always do that because he says I mean part of the reason that we have these kind of cyclical thoughts is yeah. that our tongues, which is where our language is formed, is connected to the roof of our mouth, and somehow there's this neuro linguistic pathway Ooh. in your in your b- mouth brain 
um, which then makes it much more difficult for you to disengage from the kind of your regular thought patterns. Kind of the language part of your thought. Exactly. Oh, interesting. So if you drop yeah. it, it like, and, and so I, pra- I remember practicing with him, and I had a, I had a, a meditation practice going in, into that, and as soon as I dropped it, I'm like me getting to into the oh, place where yeah. I felt like I'm calm, calm everything's, yeah. I'm here, I'm yeah, in this yeah, space. Yeah. It happened almost instantaneously. Oh I was goodness. like, oh my goodness, this is astounding. Wow. And so yeah, I've dug into a little bit about that. Yeah. And so again, like that's that's like that's some kind of incredible embodied. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I work fully believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Or can. Yeah, you were pra- you were trying it. Right? I was right. trying yeah, it just right. now. Yeah. yeah, my then I went somewhere. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> not paying attention. But I, yeah, I want to talk about. Um, either so you can say what you want to talk about either you had mentioned stuff about trauma-informed therapy and healing and mm-hmm. body stuff there you can kind of talk about that or um music and singing and where i'm a musician as well like what that the mm-hmm. embodied part of that that might be too kind of it might be along a lot of the uh, same lines you've already talked about so maybe the other one is better but i just those two um kind of tracks of where we could go came to mind yeah, well, the I mean, interesting. the The music one actually comes back to you know what do you what are some practices that you do in your everyday life? Right. Yeah. Um, and and so I was classically trained through university. Right. Um, and there was some encouragement that I should head off to England and pursue it, but I was a bit too chicken. Um, and then had this incredible God encounter um, and started serving Jesus after that. Became mm-hmm. a camp or became a youth pastor and then a camp guy and then went to Regent. Right. Um, and it was actually doing theological studies that, uh, oh, and, and, then, and so I was doing a lot of, I was singing in a professional choir, right. you know, through my university days. But when I, God called me again, air quotes, um, <laughs> I, I basically left it all kind of behind right. and thought this is, this is kind of what I do. This is mm-hmm. my thing, serve Jesus. And it was actually going through theolo- theology school and, and right. understanding the creation, incarnation, yeah. all those things that, you know, God didn't have me here to be some disembodied puppet that was to do his work right. he created me and my mm-hmm. interests my capacities and my right. enjoyments um and so I, I so i was after seminary that i i kind of picked up singing again and and i find that uh, without a doubt it's it's a it's a bit of a, a way that i ground it's a way that um i'm connected to something that's larger than myself yeah. Yeah. It's a way that I'm connected to humanity, and we're all kind of breathing together and creating right. this this yeah. art that is is bigger than ourselves yeah. as well. And so yeah. it it uh, yeah, and and I've I've struggled because I'm like you know what's it for? Like is it what's its purpose? Right. And uh, mm. and I, I'm like I don't think there is a purpose mm. uh, other than I mean it's beautiful, uh, it adds, and but and so for me it it really it's it's this is this. Uh, in a sense therapy in a sense uh, it's just a practice that, that right. helps me enjoy who i am yeah. in this space um and, and that's and that's super liberating i'm still kind of trying to unpack that because you know mm-hmm. i want to do the right thing and and g- get to heaven and be the well done good and faithful and <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think that that means it's something outside myself all the time right. and so music is this constant reminder that no like this is oh, this is a yeah. a gift that you have and you yeah. love it yeah. and and you're you're moved by it hmm. um, and other people get to enjoy it as well. Right. But I mean, considering like oh maybe it doesn't have a, a meaning or a purpose or yeah. something. I think that that almost plays into the narrative that it has to be uh, something very concrete or yeah. monetizable or you yeah. know like mm-hmm. we where we where it's those things like. The life in the soil or just the sound of a voice mm. um that is healing or is life-giving um, yeah. and like is imagine point. a life without music <laughs> right is now a life worth mm. living now or right, right, you know right. like mm. i mean yeah, i don't good. want to discount the fact that you can still be alive and be deaf but <laughs> yeah. like there i think you know there's a loss there or mm-hmm. so, and and even just you know uh i really like tolkien's uh you know creation story where Iluvatar is singing Sing, creation yeah. into oh, existence yeah. right and right. he's yeah. he has the you know these um 
his creations are are singing and they're yeah. singing together and then mm. there's this discord that ha- happens with the bad guy and yeah, yeah yeah i forget his name but <laughs> yeah but and that's is so connected to the indigenous stuff too like right the, mm. this plant has this song you have to learn its songs and and yeah. the river has a song and yeah so it yeah it's good stuff oh yeah that is good i like that so the what about healing um how does the soil heal itself? Hmm. So you, you mentioned, okay, there's got to be more good guys, good bacteria or good mm. microbes yeah. than bad microbes. Is that just it? Like you just got to wait for the bad microbes to die or they can't really sustain themselves? Or? Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> so we can help. Yeah. Mm. Um, we can help. What's with our role the, with the healing and, and I think I mean number one it's a, and, and understanding how the soil functions mm. and so I mean I grew up on a farm and we cultivated every year um, but when you cultivate mm. you're actually chopping up the fungal component of the soil and so if you have a weedy yard it's because you have no fungus in there so everybody gets oh. mad about weeds but weeds love bacteria rich soils and we just continue to create bacteria rich soils because of our tillage oh. and so so we, if we stop tilling, we yeah. we actually start to allow that fungal network, which is super fragile, to start to develop. Mm-hmm. But then the the added benefit is that it, the weeds start to not find it as as a hmm. as a, a a good growing medium, and so they they become less. So I can't. I sorry. If we involve ourselves by tilling up the ground, it actually doesn't work very well. So That's what you're saying is we can help by just kind of taking our hands off right oh, okay <laughs> so so we we aren't helping by being by involving ourselves well so then we can we can actually then move it mm. forward more quickly okay. so so like i learned quickly early on that that i'm not actually growing plants i'm actually i'm a i'm a livestock farmer oh yeah um, my livestock are just microscopic you can't actually see them with the naked eye yeah. and so i'm oh, constantly oh my goodness i love that <laughs> i'm constantly feeding the soil so that this this unseen um, ecosystem is is full of nutrition what are you doing to do that yeah so like i mean we just kind of came through fall and so leaves are a great a great Mm -hmm. way they they actually increase the fungal component of the soil and oftentimes again we we rake those off and ship them off to put them in our green bin yeah we should actually be throwing them back into our soil and shredding them up and throwing them on our lawns um so so that's one thing i use i use i mean it's it's I go to the feed store and I buy alfalfa pellets and I buy molasses um, because I know that the, mm. the soil microbes like this stuff. Okay. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. And yeah. so I am, I'm actually feeding them. Like it, it does have, like the molasses has sugars, which bacteria loves a sugar um, kind of component to kind of get their ecosystem thriving. Right. And then the, the, the alfalfa pellets um, has nitrogen, um, mm. but it also has micronutrients. So you're feeding them a little bit of a, a full meal deal with alfalfa pellets and mm. I mean if we want to geek out it's because alfalfa has a long taproot and so that means it has access to, to oh. kind of deeper reserves of micronutrients in the yeah. soil which then is bringing that like the roots I mean that's a, their whole job is to take micronutrients from yeah. the soil and put it into the plants and then if it's a, something we eat then we get to benefit from from the work that right. the soil is doing so it's in our best interest to kind of really augment what the soil is wow. uh, is doing yeah yeah and so, and I guess, like, if we come back to the incarnation, I really feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I've, I'm, I've, I'm partnering with this idea that that God created this ball, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and some of us need to to kind of like we've been destroying it for for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the UN says we have sixty years of farming left, and they've done nothing magical. They just looked at the graph, and and when you when you draw a line, it's sixty years of farming. Oh um, and so we have to do things that are building the soil if we want. Um, right. Something that you know yeah. that we can grow food in going into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make you? <laughs> I just raise my <laughs> my anxiety. heart, my heart rate, my anxiety oh. levels. Whew. Does it? So where where's the where do you find hope? Mm. Um, in all of this that we've been talking about, I think it's incredible. Actually, there's a lot here uh, to keep going down. But where do you find hope? Yeah, I, I think so. I practice what's called regenerative agriculture, hmm. um, and there is there's a there's a huge movement 
um, happening across right. North America around regenerative agriculture. Organizations like Kiss the Ground or FarmersFootprint.us okay. or Holistic um, Management with Alan Savory. Um, I just came back from a mm. conference with the Bionutrient Food Association. Okay. It was a soil conference. Yeah. Um, and so you, you know, we're rub rubbing shoulders with people that, that understand all of the stuff that I just said right. about soil and soil yeah. health. Um, and, and it's a keen, like it, it feels like a pretty energized little army of, right. of folk that, are, that want to do, do the right thing. Right. Um, so, so that that sense of community energizes me, right. um, mm -hmm. and I th I think the the other part is is when you do kind of switch from chemical farming, which is what I call it. Um, mm -hmm. When you switch, uh, so this organization called FarmersFootprint.us, they uh, they're actually raising money, and so they're wanting to create a fund to help farms go from conventional agriculture right. into regenerative right. agriculture. Yeah. And so they ask the farmer, "What did you make for the last couple of years?" Uh, so they'll average, average that, and they, they guarantee the farmer that income for three years while they make a tr transition from conventional wow. agriculture into regenerative wow. ag. So and like so, a just transition yeah. idea. Just yeah. Just transition, yeah. And, and so, but what they're, and, and I, I need to do a little bit more digging, and maybe you guys can do your own digging, but mm -hmm. it's a great story, and I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Um, but the kind of the, what I hear is that they, the farmers haven't even dipped into the fund. Because oh. on their first year, they're making more money than they had in their conventional wow. chemical system. Yeah. Because mm. the chemicals, like we're, we're increasing the amount of chemicals. Those are the most expensive inputs for farmers. Right. You take that out, already you've made more money. Right. Yeah, because your biggest expense isn't going in. Yeah. And then if you do a couple things that are actually earth friendly, like plant cover crops, that means lots mm. of different plants in a mix. Right. I'm guessing alfalfa's in there? Alfalfa can be one of them, yeah. yeah. Clover, <laughs> alfalfa, wheat, rye, oats, mm. peas, legumes, yeah. Oh wow. And so yeah. you always want to have the earth covered. Yeah. Um, and that, that, because those plants are the armor, they are the, they're the technology that we actually de are depending on. Wow. Because they're yeah. taking the carbon out of the yeah. atmosphere, putting it into it's the like roots. The skin, right? It's the skin, yeah. So if you have if you are tilling, you've created a skin on, on the earth, and that skin is bleeding. It's bleeding mm. CO2, it's bleeding kind of right. micronutrients, um, soil, kind of the composite um, aspect of soil as well. Mm. So yeah, you want to have it covered. And so yeah, um, so that, that gives me a lot of hope too. Uh, and, I, and I think, I mean, not only hope, it, it moves me to tears because, because yeah. the earth is so full of grace. We've yeah. come and we just rape and pillage, rape yeah. and pillage, rape and pillage, and then we have an aha moment. And we go, oh, I can't right. do that anymore. And the <laughs> and yeah. the earth just says, mm. I can do this. Yeah. You know, thank you for no longer abusing me, and, and let's move on together. Like, wow, just brings yeah. us in. Mm. I've heard you mention too that if mm. we could just change our farming methods, that we could actually reverse some of the climate. A chain, or, you know, the cli uh, climate crisis. Yeah. CO two levels in the atmosphere, yeah. everything, yeah. and like. Yeah, and, and and that's. I mean, that is. I mean, that's a hope. Like ultimately, yeah. a right. hope. And and it like I think it, it could happen if all grasslands and all, all kind of, um, cultivated areas. And I and I, I feel like it's eight point three billion acres and three point eight billion acres. Okay. If that was to be transitioned into regenerative agriculture practices, we would, we would be pre kind of nineteen seventy four CO two in the atmosphere in wow. seven years. What? Yeah, like it, it's it's absolutely doable because it consumes yeah. the CO two. It, it brings it all, yeah. puts it right back in the soil, right and then and in. then you what car like when you look at a good, healthy, dark, rich soil, yeah. what is that made of? Carbon. It's carbon. Right. Yeah, and so and, and so, we don't mm. have too much carbon. Carbon's not our enemy. It's just that it we've created a system where it's too much is in the atmosphere. Right. Um, mm. And so anything that we can do to put that back in the soil and these natural like the natural system wants that's what it wants to do that's what it's designed to do right. but we're preventing it from we are preventing it yeah awesome. and so yeah so if we get you know let's all link arms and have a collective consciousness yeah. that says yeah let's do this let's yeah. let's put that where it belongs yeah mm. but then it so then i mean it comes back to what are your daily practices well yeah so i'm not buying meat right. that is not um, grown in these practices and we have some amazing beef producers and chicken producers right. in Alberta yeah um, 
and they're they are doing kind of multi, like this grass rotational right. grazing yeah, yeah. Um, mm. and there's some beautiful examples of that as well um, I've just you know I I'm almost at the point where I'm kind of stepping out of the industrial food system entirely um, so trying not to eat anything that's processed right. um, so everything then becomes local and then I have to get creative about trying to make something taste good right yeah um, so that one you know I'm uh, I mean it's that sounds like a pretty lofty goal and I don't think I'm really there um, but there's a role for the artist the artists huh. are the ones that create these recipes and yeah, show yeah. and teach us how to oh, make like something that. beautiful right? yeah out of out of these raw yeah. materials yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so trying to, to be conscious of that, and then like yeah. and even uh, so, Kiss the Ground is an organization that is really kind of promoting and advocating for regenerative ag, and so they they talk about food and fiber as well, and so a lot of okay. our clothing comes from oh, kind yeah. of practices that are right. that are really damaging the earth, and right. of course fashion and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, and so there's there's these you know movements there as well, and yeah. and, uh, and I guess yeah, so I I see things from that. I'm yeah. a kind of glasses yeah. half glass full half full guy <laughs> guy or whatever, um, and and so then I'll I'll interact with certain friends and they're like you're so naive, mm. like you don't actually see what's going on and change isn't really gonna happen, um, and so I, yeah so it's this interesting balance um, of idealism and realism, um, and yet I guess I feel like I feel good about. Mm the life that I'm choosing to live and uh, yeah but you I mean you mentioned you started this whole thing about you know talking about yourself as a seed yeah and I and I don't think you can actually have that optimism or that hope mm. unless you're actually broken mm. um, that's good and you look at Christ and his death okay well what good can this do like do you not see this empire that is ravaging yeah. the earth do you not see history mm -hmm. of just this yeah. mess of mm -hmm. death and destruction yeah. um and yet his death actually you know sparked this mm -hmm. revolution sparked this uh, spark new life yeah um, all over and it wasn't easy and you know I, I i and i have a hard time like okay so this these people are walking around saying hey all you need to do is follow this guy jesus and you know he he's God is a baby um, and that'll f flip empire around mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. yeah. and I, would I have been on board you know like right. the way I was raised it was like oh we we're, we're Christians so we go to church and we believe in Jesus yeah. and I'm like oh, okay like of course yeah why wouldn't I but you know so in the same way like how do we change our purchasing how do we change how we farm do you think every single person should be involved in agriculture just just to, to all of a sudden become a right. seed themselves right. um, mm. just kind of put their hand in the soil and you know metaphorically I guess if you're putting yourself wow. in the soil you're becoming a seed yeah. but yeah I don't know like how I I do think that everyone is involved in agriculture mm. because mm. we do eat three times a day. Right. Um, and so whether we want to or not, we're involved. Yeah. And so we're, we're either involved in the system that is destroying the planet or we're involved in one that's trying to bring this redemptive, uh, life-giving path. So which kingdom are you living in? Which kingdom are you? Yeah. And mm. realizing that that, that mm. impacts what you put in your mouth. Um, and that... Yeah. And to me, like that just speaks to all the things about being an embodied person because it's going to require you take more time. Yeah. You get less mm -hmm. busy. Yeah. So you have time to think about these things mm -hmm. and you're not relying on convenience. Like, so in some ways, like, it's so hard. All the right? practices that bring you um, closer to, to just your body and your, your immediate needs of rest and like those are the. Like those will be kind of the, the I don't know if the tools is the right word, but the ways that this comes about that we start paying attention is but, when we and it pulls us yeah. out of out of that idea. Like we think of even like I'll come I'll bring us back to Rome. Like Rome was excess and luxury and all of this. Whereas if you're eating stuff in season and eating stuff that's mm -hmm. kind of held through the winter and with the root yeah. cellar kind of, yeah. um, you become more of a patient eater and you do 
kind of learn to appreciate parsnips and turnips. Oh, I love parsnips. You know? <laughs> but, and then, you know, when things are green and, you know, yeah. fresh tomatoes or yeah. fresh fruit or, you know, I think there's a, there, you're kind of participating in the rhythm of the earth and the rhythm of the seasons and mm. um, joining with the earth a bit more. Yeah. Um, which is, isn't easy. I mean, we want our cheesecake and we want our coffee and we want our, you know, like we, we want these <laughs> things and we've come to depend, depend in air quotes. Um, yeah. We, we've been addicted to convenience uh, mm. to, to such a degree that we can't, maybe we think we can't, but yeah, what would be a first step that, that you can imagine being, you know, that you would say, hey, okay, you are a farmer. Um, because you eat, what would be a first step that you could encourage people to do? Yeah, I, I do get asked this question often. <laughs> and if I'm wearing my business hat, I'm like, well, you should buy a harvest box from YYC Growers. <laughs> I am buying a harvest <laughs> box oh, from oh. YYC Growers. Okay, what's step two? Step two, check. Um, you should meet a farmer. Oh, look, we've met each oh, other yeah. as well. Okay, Good. like you are A-plusing this whole thing. Wow. I, yeah, um, right. And then I think, I think you yeah, have visiting a farm or mm. kind of understanding um, kind of the way of the farm life, mm. which is what you were just saying. Like it is, it is a reconnection to the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so we say those things because, well, on a, on a couple levels, um, number one, um, and this might get, anyway, so if you're eating food mm-hmm. that is grown in these ways, it's not only nu- more nutritious, um, it, 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 it benefits the human body in such a more, mm. like a more dramatic way. Mm. Um, so when I was at this conference, uh, there's a guy, John Kempf, very worth kind of looking, listening to his podcasts about regenerative earth or regenerative agriculture, but he ensures that he has a very good quality diet because he's doing this brain work, um, that mm. on a, on a, Pro, highly processed diet he can't actually create the synapses that are required to kind of solve some of these bigger issues hmm. uh, so when I was there uh, there was a nutritionist that said yeah like we're addicted to fats and and sugars, and sugars in which they said is it is it, it's a child's diet mm-hmm. and so we are collective our collective consciousness Ooh. is like <laughs> covered by this childhood wow. reality yeah. and if you look at our <laughs> very reactive political system mm-hmm. where are the adults yeah. in our in our politics mm-hmm. you know so maybe if they started eating food that was grown regeneratively in these ways you could actually start to see a bit more yeah. adult behavior taking place so so i think it's like it's 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 really important That's um, so fascinating what about <laughs> grain where like, do you find good grain yeah. because it feels like the only way that you can grow grain econo- economically feasible and I, I mean mm-hmm. as we see it in the world today um, it seems like in these massive industrial farms yeah and so where do you find because I know you don't eat wheat I but know. that's part of <laughs> I my guess issue. I'm asking the wrong person <laughs> well no <laughs> I so mean, we do have and I, I feel like organic is, is a great place mm-hmm. so we do have sources of organic uh, grain so Highwood Crossing is mm. one that's super close here to Calgary. Mm. Um, but I think there's, a, there's examples where people are doing the regenerative grain production. So on 5,000 acres of land, which is, you know, that classic Canadian farm. Mm-hmm. So there's a farm down, I forget the name of it, but it's in southern Manitoba. It's, they have a bison ranch, but they also do grain. Mm. And they don't plant a single, like they never plant a monocrop of grain. Right. They always multi-species plant. Mm. Wow. And so, and so you get that benefit of, of that. So you, you do they, they harvest the grains together? They harvest and it together then, and then you have to do a separate, like you have to, oh, so they have well, to really, invest yeah. in oh, wow. some other equipment that will allow yeah. them to separate those things. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, and then once you, once you start understanding that, that, uh, you know the chemical inputs the the fertilizer inputs mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff like you get that out and you actually let n- nature kind of start to take its course right. y- yeah like people are making more money um when they switch to this but it's farmers are mm-hmm. like they do what they do because they've always done it that way and it's hard to it's hard to make that shift that's why again mm-hmm. come back to the farmer's yeah. footprint i think it's such a beautiful gesture because 
we always expect the farmers to do all this work. Well, yeah. why right. isn't there a fund? Like we should be creating a fund here so that we can mm-hmm. help farmers do this right. shift because they're not they're not they're not just doing this work on their land. They're doing this work f- on the earth for mm-hmm. our collective benefit right. as a species. The problem is a little bit the fact that we have land ownership. And so then I can do whatever the hell I want on this piece of land. Right. Whereas I feel like what we need to do is start creating land trust type situations where no, the collective community, mm-hmm. the collective mm-hmm. humanity wants earth to be protected, wants soil to be right. built and yeah. increased. Yeah. Um, and, and then, so if that's the expectation, then how do we help the farmers actually make that happen? So I feel like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I go to these conferences, like there's there's just like innovation after innovation after innovation right. around agriculture that is yeah. just I mean it really it's it's truly inspiring. Yeah, hmm. that gives me hope. Yeah, good. Your anxieties <laughs> come down. It's come down. No, it gives me hope, and and just even in the dailyness, like I know my life is I'm up at five. I'm making breakfast. We're in the car. We're at school. Yeah. We're. I yeah. do my work, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I forgot my lunch on the counter. I have to buy lunch. You know, like, then I'm home, dinner. Yeah. All, like, the busyness. And just even to know that there is a way through that is better for hmm. our bodies and better, that better, I don't know, but works with you, God to be what we were intended to be. <laughs> like. But even eating yeah. the right way, farming yeah. the right way, eating the right way, um, that's even just the start of, of living the right way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the anxiety that we might carrying into, you know, onto the pillow or, yeah. you know, every, everything yeah. I think starts to turn at that point. But it, it, I mean, I see this as just, um, you know, an important layer or, you know, uh, system within Christianity, mm-hmm. within embodying Christ here on earth now that we mm. especially through christian history over the last oh, eh, 1800 years i don't know <laughs> we, we've just we, we've just <laughs> disconnected completely from you know especially when we start looking at you know christianity as this you know this world is not my home i'm just a passing through right. right um so you know it's it's all about the afterlife right. and, and all of that when we lose that present now kingdom uh, there's no reason to look at the earth or food or nutrition or um, CO2 levels in the atmosphere or, you know, like there's no, yeah. there, there's no reason to look at that. So I think Christianity should be informing and, you know, but sadly enough, Christianity is now being informed by farming. Like, and it's not, I, I, mm. I mean, I say sadly enough because we should have already known this. Mm. Mm. But now we're learning. If, uh, if we just take a step back and, right, you know, Christians, these followers of Christ, can actually know Christ more if they just study farming, hmm. <laughs> study ecology. Yeah, yeah. Like study, study the soil. Yeah. Well, I wanted to hear more about, and I mean, it's probably not the easiest thing to talk about, but your breakdown. Yeah, yeah. It's... That sounds horrible. And yet saving. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, and, and what's interesting is that the root of the, the root of it was that I wasn't able to take care of myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turned into such a caregiver um, and externalized that care, um, which I think at the end of the day is not, is nothing about the incarnation. Right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and, well, and they, they, they were telling me that, you know, what I needed to learn to do was to, to set boundaries. And I just remember in my body just being repulsed by yeah, such me a too. notion. I, I'm repulsed by that. Right. I, I need to go for counseling. So yeah. Well, convinced. no. So, so <laughs> I wasn't convinced. I'm like, we can't like, that's repulsive. I don't like that. Yeah. Right. Um, set boundaries when people are in crisis. Like I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so what they shifted it or how we shifted it to Actually, I think it was their language. Was what about becoming a strong, stable self? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I can totally get behind that. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that is that's the journey of the incarnation. So, this is actually what what those thoughts were because mm-hmm. it, it. And this is where I'm I'm still trying to anchor into it. So I think that the the incarnation is not done with me yet, um, because I think I think 
Jesus, when he was here, I mean, people were attracted to him right. and drawn to him, I think because he was such a grounded, living human being. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. we think maybe it was his divi- yeah. divinity edge, but I don't think that that was the case. I think it was, he was, he came to show us how to be human. Right. And, and then his, his whole purpose was this leading to, to this, this death end. Um, hmm. Ultimately, I'm going to die. Um, yeah. And so, and yeah. so, I mean, that's a good way to kind of check check things, <laughs> um, because if I think I'm so important to save these big issues, like right. what happens when I'm gone, like, right. then, and and that was a pressure that I felt like I, I like the the pressure to get that done, you know, yeah. consumed me until it was it crushed me, and and I, I feel like it was it was an an energy that was built out of activism and kind mm-hmm. of doing the thing, and again, like. We need to be acting, you know. So it's like, right. and, but I yeah. it went it went too far for me, and and I yeah. and I feel like this is the human the human game that we're we're playing, is that we'll have an, an aha moment and then we dive in, and then we just kind of keep going. And um, hmm. I think um, this is going to come out. I'm I'm gu- guarantee it's going to come out. We might need to edit this too. Um, <laughs> Another heresy? <laughs> no, no, no. Just asterisks. But okay, this this is it. So. I think becoming a strong, stable self um, actually is not about you guys doing anything that I'm going to suggest that you do. So even though we say, like, meet your farmer, eat the good food, do all those things, um, that's just, that's taking another system, my system, and and putting it upon you. Hmm. Now, sure, it's, it's got a lot of reflection and that kind of stuff. But I think the true gift of the incarnation is the fact that we sink into our own selves, sink into our own sense of gift and perspective. Uh, and these are things that we have no idea what they are because they're so, they're so close to us that we don't know it's, doesn't everybody think this way? Right. And so yeah. like when I think about, you know, learning about the soil or, or, or even empathy, like, like doesn't everybody have the amount of empathy that I have well it turns out no they don't um, right. and right. and so I'm, I'm then left with a with a quandary do I try and hide that shut that down you know try and fit into to kind of what's going on or do mm-hmm. I recognize no maybe the fact that nobody has this is because that's my thing and I need to kind of step into that more fully mm, yeah. and and even though the world around me is saying oh, that's you're naive you're whatever right um, I just keep anchoring deeper into this reality, going, you know, Jesus help me, what, what does this mean? And so I feel like we make a bigger impact, not by being activists, but by coming home to ourselves. Um, and I think that that, again, is what the incarnation tells us. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, so, and then with Jesus, yeah, like he, he unleashed this entire other way of life through that and I think we have that same Mm -hmm. impact but we are caught in a world Mm -hmm. that's going this side this side this side this side we're not sinking down deep so that we can see oh that's just a little tiny pie like if we we look up from that place it's not this dichotomy that in our culture we think it is a dichotomy Um, yeah and so whatever it is and I saw a a herbalist was he was he, he was so inspiring for me and it was really along this line because he, I mean, he's a herbalist and he's actually working with medical doctors mm-hmm. and they're actually, so he's seeing a shift in medical, in medicine where they're actually starting to seek him out for, right. for kind of alternative ways of doing medicine. Right. right. And, and so, but, and his presence, so he presented at this conference and what I was so struck by is that he's, you know, he's fully entrenched in this kind of, I don't know, woo woo. Like he know he knows all of the myths and stories around right. the, the plants and that kind of stuff, but he also knows the biochemical reactions in the body's mm-hmm. you know function. So he's got this incredible breadth of knowledge, but I feel like he's just continually anchored deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And so now his impact, he can he can speak to people on the woo woo end of it, right. and to the people on the medical profession. And like, mm-hmm. what if that was the journey that we are on as Christians? Mm-hmm where right. we then have this ability to speak to those di- that what appears to be dichotomous in our culture. Wow. And so it was just this incredible inspiration yeah. for me to continue, Rod, find your path. Right. And so it's not necessarily all of this, you know, what do we have to do? 
I think our biggest task is the incarnation, to right. incarnate ourselves into this life. All our recording is done at the Central Public Library here in downtown Calgary. Uh, where the Luke's Coffee Shop graciously gives us coffee we for We pay for it. We money. pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and music provided by Jennifer Oikawa. You can find her album Escape Plan to Canada uh, by the Jen Oikawa Trio on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your music. Support us by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite podcast platform.